Welcome to Life, Lessons, and Laughter with your host, Glenn Ambrose. Hello, people. What's happening? Welcome to the live. So here we are. It is March 11th, 2021. And we are ripping it up live. So today, since since I release these as podcasts, I'm going to kind of jump right into the topic and, and um, let the live viewers kind of catch in. So the people listening to the recording don't have to uh, listen to me babble and wait for everybody to log on. <laughs> so <laughs> go hopefully a little bit quicker uh, and get right into it. So uh, the topic tonight is, let me see what the topic is. I have to look. Um, there's a saying, you can't get there from here. So in spirituality, you can't get there from here doesn't exist. So that's the topic today. That's the title. Um, what I'm going to do is dive into it, you know, of course, more deeply. And what I mean by, you know, a lot of times in life we get to a place and, you know, we're overcome by the by the situations, feeling overwhelmed. Um, we look at the external circumstances and a lot of times they seem difficult to overcome. We, we've gone too far in the dark. We're too lost. We're too far from the life that we want to live and it's discouraging. And, you know, this is one of the many problems of looking for looking at the external to to determine where you are you know the external is is not good oh and i do have to stop for a moment i can see this ben because we're making sure we fix the uh comments that were coming in on my facebook personal page as well as my business page. So I wasn't able to see the comments. So I think I can see the comments. So hi, Sarah. Hi, Johnny. Cool. So it looks like the comment thing is fixed. Of course, thanks to Ben for helping out. Ben's always in the back. Hey, Sue, how are you? Hope Rhode Island's treating you guys good. I miss all the days with the soccer with you guys. We had so much fun out there. Um, so, so yeah, it looks like it, it looks like we're doing good and I'm just going to put this little ticker up. So like I, like I was saying the, now that we're through the comment, <laughs> I mean, as far as, um, finding out that the comments are, are working, um, and buddy is joining us. Christiane is joining us. Wow, I've got people. I've got people from all over, man. Uh, Sarah, where are you now? I have to ask. And Johnny, where are you? I know Ben's in Rhode Island. I think Buddy's in Massachusetts. Christiane, 
Christiane's here in the DR with me. Um, I'm not sure where Sarah is at the moment. She's our traveler. And I don't, I think Johnny moved out of Massachusetts, if I remember right. So, yes, thank you, Sue. Yeah, it was lots of fun with the kids. Um, so, yeah, back onto topic. So the topic is um, that that saying you can't get there from here and the fact that that doesn't exist. You know, it doesn't matter where we are, what our external circumstances look like. It's we have to start learning to live from the inside out, not the outside in. You know, everybody, as a general rule, if, if you look at society and you go, okay, well, 75% of them claim to be unhappy, um, that tells me that what is generally accepted as the way to live is dysfunctional. So, so, so I can, if, if I want to find out things that I need to change, all I have to do is look at what's generally acceptable the way most people live. If I look at the way most people live and you know, and myself included, either when I'm um, living unconsciously, when I slip into those times of unconsciousness, or when, if I look into my past, if, you know, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I don't carry the baggage from my past because I release the emotional trauma and the emotional energy that was attached to it. But I still remember it. I still remember how I used to think and things like that. So I used to believe that, you know, once everything got fixed in my life, then I'd be happy. And that was actually the beginning of my real end because, you know, I was very dysfunctional alcoholic for 20 years. So it was easy, you know, when you're an alcoholic and you're unhappy, like you have 6 billion reasons why you're unhappy. <laughs> there's no surprise to you or anybody else that you're unhappy. You're an alcoholic, your life's a mess. You know, there's plenty of reasons. Um, so I wasn't shocked when I was unhappy when I was drinking and my life was falling apart in so many ways. I got really freaked out when I pulled myself together and I started a business, I got married, I had my son, I bought a house, I had a new car and a driveway, I did everything that society told me to do. And I was more unhappy than when I was drinking. That's that was the beginning of my end. Because I was like, Oh, my God, like, you know, I, I understand why I'm unhappy when I'm living a an alcoholic, dysfunctional, screw society way of living. But if I do everything that I'm told to do, and I'm still unhappy, now I'm screwed because I'm unhappy if you know, I'm damned if I, I do I'm damned if I don't. So like, that was really the beginning of my major unraveling, which led eventually to my awakening, you know, about two years later. So so this is, you know, of course, in an extreme example, like I was, that's what can happen to your life if you're focused on the external. But everybody has experienced uh, an aspect of this. Everybody has experienced an aspect of going like, you know, if this was, you know, living externally, 
if I get this straightened out, then I'll be happy. And then straightening that out and finding out you're still not happy. Happiness comes from within. And people say that if you ask, you know, 100 people, 90 are going to be like, yeah, happiness comes from within. But most people don't live that way. Of course, happiness comes from within. But my boss is a jerk. So that's out of my control. No, it's it's not the rule. You know, that's spiritual law. That's universal, eternal law. Happiness comes from within, period. It does always, every time, in every way. So it, the law doesn't say happiness comes from within unless your boss is a jerk. Like they don't have caveats in spiritual law. <laughs> you know? So it's across the board and we need to start living like that. So understanding that, you know, it, we all fall on the pity pot sometimes. You know, I still do every once in a while. I don't stay there long, thank God. But, um, you know, we, we feel bad about our situations. It's too much to change, all this stuff. And, you know, what I want to explain is the way the universe works or God works or whatever you believe in is that, it's constantly changing. It's organic. It, it flows off of what's happening all the time. So like, it doesn't matter where you are. Like if I'm here and I've got, you know, I have 20 choices of what I can do from the position that I'm in and the circumstances that I'm in. And then I choose to take a step this way. So now I'm here. Now, instantly, as soon as I make that choice, as soon as I take that action, instantly there's 20 new options, and I'm probably minimizing by saying 20, but there's 20 new options based on the decision that you just made. And they can go in any direction at any time. Like the, the possibilities are, and I, the possibilities of what can happen are endless from exactly where you are right now. And they're just as endless as they were 10 years ago, and they're just as endless as they're going to be 10 years from now. So it's about, it's, it's about understanding that, you know, like I'm using my story as an example with this. I was homeless, alcoholic for 20 years, couldn't, I, I don't think I drew a sober breath literally for at least two years. I mean, not even one. I don't, you know, I don't think that there was any sober. <laughs> I don't think that there was one day where I actually didn't drink in at least the last two years, probably three or four. But um, so my body was like shutting down. I was physically dying. I mean, I'm not going to get into the disgusting details, but things were not working on my body anymore. <laughs> um, so organs were starting to shut down. It wasn't pretty. And so I'm physically dying. I'm completely addicted to alcohol. There is no freedom of choice. There is no choice whether I drink or not. I had to drink. Otherwise, my body would go into detox. And, and I mean, literally, like I knew I was screwed, like towards the end there, a couple of years before I stopped when I could not drink 11 beers in a day without my body going into detox. 
because what I would do is I drink 12 and then 10 and then eight and then six. And then as I got worse, I drink 12 and then 11 and then 10 and then nine. And now it would take me a couple of weeks, but eventually I would wean my body off of it and I could, you know, stay sober for a few days or something. But I got to the point where I could not have 11 beers. I couldn't make that jump from 12 down to 11 in a 24 hour period because my body would just go into detox. And I was like, oh, I'm in trouble at this point, <laughs> at this point. So, I mean, I was I was bad in a lot of ways. I was 1,400 miles from my son, you know, no hope. I mean, I had, <laughs> I had never really done anything in my life. I was 35 years old. There was no reason why I thought that I was going to be able to pull myself out. And I didn't think I was going to pull myself out. But, you know, but then I had, I went through the 12 steps, which spawned my um, spiritual awakenings and popped open very dramatically and within three months i spun around on a dime in less than that i was completely hopeful i was completely reorganized and rearranged from the inside out um my body started recovering very quickly the my brain started recovering fairly quickly <laughs> that took a little bit longer <laughs> um but the you know so that was just, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the whole turnaround really happened in less than three months. But then you take that and go, okay, what does that mean in our everyday life? Well, um, in my everyday life, everything changed in less than a year. I was in Florida, 1,400 miles away from my son, like I said. I was up in Florida with a new career with uh my own apartment um and starting to get within the by the end of the first year i had actually gotten visitation rights where i was seeing my son five days a week now the, and and it was all given to me like that you can't make this stuff up when i moved up my ex-wife would only let me visit my son in like the, her parents cellar for a couple hours a week but then she moved down with her boyfriend and needed a babysitter. And I, that's when I came in and rearranged my work schedule so I could get him every time she needed somebody to watch him with, because she was going back to school too. So, so I got, I got him five days a week and then locked that in for visitation right after we had set it because I knew as soon as she was done school, that was going to be gone and I didn't want it to be gone. So I locked it in. And then from that point on, you know, it was another 10 years of family court on a regular basis, but to see my son more and more go on vacation, stuff like that. But I was seeing him at least four or five days a week from that point on. So I had completely changed mentally. I looked at life completely differently. Emotionally, I had released tons of stuff from my past and uh, was able to move forward. I was filled with hope. And my all that was internal in the first few months and it became external it once the changes took place in me my external reality reflected that back to me you see this is what i mean by living from the inside out we have to go inside and do the work on us 
And then our external life starts getting better. It starts being reflected back to us in that way. But we, if I would have moved, <laughs> this is so absurd, I don't even really want to say it, but I'm going to. If I would have tried to just, I don't know, I don't even know what it would have looked like to do it any other way. But let's just say I could stop drinking. Let's just say that. I, okay, somehow Glenn went to a detox, took some Librium, so he didn't go, his body didn't shut down and die. Um, and then he, and he got sober. And somehow, magically, I was able to not drink uh, for a while. But I didn't do the inside work. None of that, none of that would have happened. There's no way. There's, there's absolutely no way. I could not have fielded the onslaught that happened to me when I moved up to Rhode Island, but I, I, I couldn't have handled it. I tried that once even, and I couldn't handle it. So like, I never could have just picked up and started a new career. I didn't. So I needed to do the inside work and we all do. And when we do the inside work, then we align. And that's what it's about. It's about aligning. It's not about, it's not linear. The spiritual walk is not linear. Changing our lives is not linear. There's not a formula. We, we have to loosen our grip. And, and I say loosen our grip because we're not going to let it go. I mean, I still to this day see myself behaving in ways because of the way society has conditioned me. And uh, dysfunctional ways, I mean. I still see myself doing that stuff. But when I see it, I go, oh, that was a, look at that, I'm doing it. It doesn't make sense, the fact that I'm doing this, but it was, I was just so conditioned by society's ways of doing things that I just started doing it unconsciously. Oh, okay, I'm going to stop doing that now that I'm aware of it, and I'm going to do something different. You know, so we, we have to loosen our grip on the thought that we have to change our external situations to to make ourselves happy or we have to go through this 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 and this uh and then we'll get there in the spiritual walk there's this we're so conditioned that we have to learn everything and somebody's going to tell us when it's graduation day and when we're capable of doing something, we're so conditioned that way because in a physical, in the physical realm, everything is kind of set up that way. Everything is linear. You learn this and then you learn this and then you learn this and then you graduate and then you get a job in that area because you learned all this stuff. And it's all linear, you know, it goes in a row. Well, spirituality isn't like that. And now that we're in the middle of the spiritual shift, it's happening less and less like that. Because we're here now. I've been talking about this spiritual shift for 15 years. Well, welcome. You wonder what's going on in the world? It's a gigantic spiritual shift. And there's tons of energy. And if you go with it, it's going to be one of the best times of your life. And if you resist it, it's going to suck ass. You know, everybody's, everybody's saying like, you know, 20, 2020 was such a horrible year. And it's, you know, yeah. It was a wonderful year for me. It was a wonderful year for most of my clients because they embraced it and went with it. Everything, nothing is good or bad. It just is. 
And we either use the energy of it as an opportunity or we use it as a problem. Using things as a problem doesn't benefit us. You know, we, we look, oh, the economy crashed. Oh, this is horrible. Really? There's tons of people becoming millionaires when economies crash because it creates new opportunities. And the people who are looking for those opportunities become millionaires. And the people who are going, oh, well, you can't start a business now. Oh, this is horrible. Oh, look at this problem. Guess what? They're not the ones becoming millionaires. <laughs> you know, so we can, there are opportunities in everything. And if we look for them, we'll find them. So the, it doesn't take, it doesn't take linear time. It takes alignment. So when I, when I woke up spiritually, you know, I aligned to a different truth and I also, and I understood things differently. And because internally I did that, I interacted with the world around me differently, the people around me differently, the energy in which I said things came out differently. I, I said things out of love instead of out of frustration and things happen differently. So like uh, a good example of that was this happened in all three of my jobs, but the, I think the, the most obvious one was my first job and they had a meeting at a time when I was supposed to be visiting my son. And he said, Hey, it's a mandatory meeting. And I said, Oh, Oh, really on Friday? Yeah, I won't be there. And my boss was like, he was at my, my office that day. And he was like, Oh, it's, it's a mandatory meeting. And I said, well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I heard you say mandatory. I said, but it's not really a mandatory meeting. I mean, <laughs> this is, you know, I mean, like it, from a company standard, I can understand that you're saying it's mandatory. I get that. And I get the meaning of it. That, and that's cool. I said, but like for me, it's not mandatory. I said, just because like in my life, What's mandatory is that I spend time with my son. That, that's mandatory. It's non-negotiable. So I'm going to do that um, because it's just, it's how I live my life. It's just mandatory. Um, I, so I understand, like, when you say it's mandatory, you mean it's mandatory, like, if I don't do it, there'll be repercussions. So it's not actually mandatory. It's just if I, if I decide not to do it, then I will get repercussions. And I fully understand that. And I'm fully fine with accepting whatever repercussions come and he's looking at me like i have three heads and one of the reasons why was because i was completely non-defensive i was talking about it i was i was talking about the situation by very matter of fact i wasn't I, it was just self-love i love myself I love my son and this is what's important to me and that's how I'm going to live my life. It's not up for discussion. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not debating it with my boss. It, like I'm not waiting for his approval. I'm just sitting here going like, you think it's a mandatory meeting, but what's mandatory in my life is me being a father. That's mandatory. That, that takes priority over everything. So I just won't be at the meeting. And he's like, well, you could be fired. And I said, well, yeah, I, I, I imagine that's, you know, I kind of assumed that that could be one of the possibilities. 
and it was a Friday afternoon. So I was, I think, or I was, it was retail. So I don't remember what day, but I said, well, I said, am I definitely fired if I don't go? Because if I'm definitely fired, I was on my way out the door. I said, I'll take my stuff with me because I'm fired because I'm telling you right now, I'm not going. Um, but if you guys have to discuss it first to, to decide whether you fire me, then I'll just leave my stuff here because it's only a 15 minute drive and I might still be working here and I don't really feel like grabbing everything right now. So I'll just leave it. So do you guys have to discuss it or am I definitely fired? And my boss was just looking at me like, what? I, well, no, I guess you're not definitely fired. I guess we would have to discuss it first. I said, oh, okay, then I'll just leave my stuff here. All right, take care. I'll see you next week, maybe. <laughs> you know, and I, and I walked out. And I mean, his jaw was dropped. And what it is, is this is the energy in which I functioned from. It was complete self-love. There was no defensiveness. There was no argument. There was no me going, that's not fair. You should understand that I want to be with my son. And he even said, he goes, well, could your ex-wife watch him? And I thought for a minute, I said, I don't know. I says, maybe she could watch him. So I'm not going to ask her because it's my time with him. And I'm spending time with him because I want to spend time with him, not because it's my obligation. I said, so I don't know if she could watch him or not, but I won't be asking. It's my time with him. You know, and I, <laughs> again, I just said it this matter of factly, and it just blew his mind. If I, old Glenn would have been fired. Absolutely. I would have been fired in 30s. I wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have had to fire me. I would have quit. And there possibly would have been violence. <laughs> I probably, I probably, the guy was a nice guy. I probably wouldn't have hit him, but I probably would have flipped over a desk or something. I probably would have gone in there, grabbed my stuff. The anger would have started bubbling up more and more that these people are jerks and they don't understand what being a father is. And I don't under, you know, screw them and screw this company and screw everybody. And I would have built myself up into a frenzy and probably flipped a couple desks over and the cops probably would have been called. And, you know, I have done stuff like that <laughs> in my previous life when I was psycho. So like that, that's, that very well could have happened, but I didn't interact with life that way. And I didn't get fired. And this situation happened in all three of my jobs before I started my business. And I didn't get fired from any of them. And I did the same thing on every one. But I spoke from love, non-defensively, not out of frustration, very defensively, right? So this is what I mean, how we interact with life differently. Once we do the inside work, the inner adjustments, then we interact with life differently and we get different results because of it. We have way more control over our life than we realize, than we think we do. But we need to do the inside work first. And when we do the inside work, alignment occurs. And when we are aligned with the universe, things can spin, on a, spin around on a dime. We can make a 180 in no time at all. I've seen it. I, like I said, I just explained earlier how I've done it in my own life. And... I've seen it with countless of my clients. I mean, I don't, I can't even count how many <laughs> have, you know, in the last eight years have completely transformed their life. 
in a very short period of time. Some people do it longer, some people do it shorter. I'm an action taker, so I tend to do things quicker. Other people are processors, so they tend to do things slower. Um, so there is a difference in processors, even though they take longer. See, the way it looks with a processor is it takes them a while to really buy into what they're going to do. And then they then they start to do it. And then maybe they have a little fear and then they push through and then blah, blah, blah. And eventually they do it. And this process could take, and, and I'm, I'm thinking in the past, um, you know, because things are speeding up now. That process, depending on the, what we're talking about, could take six months, a year, you know, working through something. Um, an action taker tends to take the action very quickly. Once they have clarity, they take the action. And then sometimes there's adjustments that go on um, for, <laughs> for six months to a year. Sometimes, you know, so like you adjust to the energy after. Um, but a lot of times, but both ways work is my point. And I'm trying, I have to say this, but I'm going to try to choose my words carefully because I am an action taker and processors are difficult for me because it feels like they take so long and I just want to kick them in the ass and go, let's go, you know. Um, but in working with different types of people, I've seen that I need to give space to certain people so they can process that being said, like I keep mentioning with a lot of these, we are in the middle of a spiritual shift and we do not have time to process stuff. So, so long, we need to, the people who are interested in this stuff need to do what they are capable of doing where they are now. They don't have to read 32 books on it. You don't need to listen to 52 podcasts. You don't have to take the right course. You don't have to like just you're never going to know what you're doing until you do it. And it's not just spiritual stuff. Spiritual stuff is more like that. But even in the regular world, in the regular world, I mean, when you graduate college, do you know how to do your first job? Of course not. You don't know what the heck you're doing. You have to get trained on the job after you graduate college, you know? So, so what it is, is like the, we, we never feel confident in what we're doing until we do it. And spirituality is even more like that. So we have to just lean in and do it. And then all of a sudden we start, you know, learning and we start getting comfortable and stuff like that. So this is what needs to happen in spirituality. We need to lean in more and disconnect from all this learning crap. Like we don't have to, <laughs> we don't have to learn as much as we think we do. We just have to align and what controls that alignment. So if most people, when they're on the spiritual path, they've had a certain amount of suffering. That's what got you onto the spiritual path. So, you know, if you really slow down and think about it, you either change or you suffer more. Those are your only two options. And really get clear on that right now, because we need to change quicker. We need to change quickly because it, and the, the universe is supporting that because there's a shift going on. So the, the more we lean in to change, the quicker we're going to change. And it's going to be freaking awesome. 
<laughs> like my first year was the most amazing, wonderful year of my life. And when I see my clients going through this in their first year, it's, it's amazing. And of course, it's, it's like, oh, my God, the holy cow, I didn't know life could be this easy. I didn't know it could be this good. Oh, my God. You know, that type of stuff happens. It's a little bit disconcerting in certain ways, but in a good way. It, it, it's wonderful. How exciting is it to, to just start leaning in and finding out that you can create whatever life you want? You know, it's very exciting. So what determines the speed in which you enter the alignment? Because the old way was to learn, 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 take 4,000 courses, read 62,000 books, listen to podcasts for five years, and then cry into a pillow with a therapist for another five, and then maybe you transcend something. Like all that stuff, it, it's... It's just overkill, man. We don't need to do all this stuff, <laughs> you know. So, so the if you really want to change your life, contemplate doing it quickly. Because why not, man? Haven't you suffered enough? God knows I did, and the stories I hear, I know there's tons of people suffering out there. So, if you're on this path, think about doing it quicker. Even if you're a processor, it's okay. It's so to, to align quicker and really make a push, just, just make a push and see where, see what happens. I'm not saying that you have to give up everything or quit your job, nothing like that. I'm just saying lean in, in a spiritual way and just give it a shot for, for a few weeks or a few months or something. Just really lean in and see what happens. See what happens. And then, because what happens is pain pushes until the pleasure pulls. So the suffering is not, the suffering is just trying to get you over the hump. So you commit and go. That's what it's there for. It's just pushing you from behind. As soon as you lean in and start going, the pleasure of what you're doing is going to pull you forward. It's going to be an enjoyable experience. You're going to love it. So experiment. Your life is your laboratory. Experiment with this stuff. Lean into it. Lean into healthy change. And I mean lean into it like you've never leaned into anything before. And if you've had spiritual awakenings, lean into it twice as much as your last spiritual awakening took. Just for a brief period, just to see what happens. Because what you're going to find is the entire universe is behind you with a freaking tsunami wave of energy coming and your life is going to take off a lot quicker than you realize. And it's going to be wonderful because you're going to align. As soon as you align, alignment takes commitment and surrender. And that is something we have control over. The more you committed, this is why I opened completely. Most of you know my story. It's because I want to die and I thought I needed to make sure the 12 steps didn't work so I would have a clean conscience so I could kill myself. So I went and did the, the steps 110% because I heard half measures avail us nothing. And I figured if I went through the steps and I only gave them 80% and then they didn't work, I would know that I only gave it 80%. And then I would have to start over and give them a hundred percent. And I honestly did not have enough energy in my body to do that. I just wanted to die. So I was like, I'll just do this 
If it works, cool. It probably won't. If it doesn't, I'll have a clean conscience and I can just leave this world. That was my intention. And as warped as it is, it gave me the, I, I gave it 110%. And this is my point. The commitment level I had was 110%. The surrender that I fell into was 110%. When I stood at the wall of fear, and anybody that's done some real spiritual work will know what I mean. When you're standing at that wall of fear, and your whole like you're you're going like if I go any more forward, if I lean into this anymore, it's just going to be a gigantic pit of blackness. I don't. I'm going to lose myself. I don't know what I'm going to be. I don't. I might implode. I might die. I might end up curled up in a ball in the corner, just drooling on myself for the next 30 years. I don't know what's going to happen to me, but there is way too much pain in there for me to go into. And if I do it, I'm never coming out. It's just too much. And I stood at that and I went, I don't care. I'm not living like this anymore. And I dove in and that's when you come out the other side. And that's when the, Oh, happens you know so this is what you have control over your commitment your surrender and the more you do that the quicker your results are going to be it's going to happen very quickly so let's see i'm going to uh check my notes and some of the comments now and see where we are um yeah so the only thing I want to touch on was that the, and I may, maybe I did do this, but so I'll just touch on it quickly. Um, the universe sets new options from where you are. As soon as you make a choice, now all of a sudden there's new options. One of those doors opens to a whole new life. And if you open the wrong one, who cares? There's 20 more doors. Open another one. <laughs> like it's 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 fine man like it don't worry about making the wrong decision if you're following your heart and you're trying to better your life if you're trying to do the inner work that is success the universe or god whatever you believe in will never punish you for trying to do the right thing to follow your heart to to when you're trying to grow and do the inside work you will never get punished you may make a wrong choice because you don't know any better, but the universe will open up doors for you to get out of that situation immediately. If you look for them, what happens is a lot of times people go, they play the martyr, you know, they're like, I want to better my life. I, I, I'm going to take this job because I think it'll be joyful for me. And they don't really know what's joyful for them yet because they're kind of early on. So they, so they make this choice and they take this job and it's not about the money. They want to expand their soul and it's a bad choice. It, it, it wasn't really what they thought it was or maybe their joy wasn't um, what they thought it was. And it just isn't a good fit. And then they go, oh my God. Oh, I tried to grow and I still get the shit end of the stick. Oh, you know, don't feel sorry for yourself. If you make a wrong choice, if your heart is in the right place, if your intention is to grow and to do the inside work and to become a better version of yourself, if you stop whining and start opening other doors, it's going to be a door right out of that situation and into a better one, guaranteed. I know I've made plenty of 
wrong decisions in my journey. So don't get hung up on it. This is the, you know, I, I may have done a podcast, podcast on this. Um, it's the opportunity only knocks once, they say. Like that is one of the biggest lines of crap I've ever heard. Opportunity only knocks once. That's all it does. It's literally all it does. Opportunity just knocks. And then it knocks somewhere else. And then it's, it's its only job. If opportunity only knocked once, it'd be like, okay, all right, all right, I'm retired. I'm in eternal energy and I have nothing to do for eternity because I knocked once and that's all I do. I just do it once. Nothing ever does anything once. <laughs> Why would opportunity knock once? Life is filled with opportunity constantly. And as soon as where you are, there's tons of opportunity. And if you make a wrong choice, there's tons of opportunity there. And if you make the right cho choice, there's tons of opportunity there. It's always opportunity, you know? So don't worry so much about your external where you are. The possibilities and your future are endless. And don't worry about your age either. That's another load of crap I'm not going to go off on. But I mean, I, for for humanity's perspectives i'm kind of getting up there in life you know so people are like oh i'm scared to make a change i'm already 40 or 50 or 60 and then they look at me at 52 and they're like oh my god wow look at the changes glenn's making it's like it, it it's not <laughs> who said that there was an age where you can make changes and where you can't i mean this is what i mean about conditioned thought patterns that society believes in that we don't even know determine our lives. We let things stop us that have literally no truth whatsoever. It's, it's silly. Um, so let's see. I'm just going to check on the comments real quick. Tina, hi from Rhode Island. And Sarah, I asked her earlier. She's in Colorado getting ready for snowpocalypse. I do not miss those. Michelle, hi, nice to see you. She's my friend originally from Massachusetts, although I didn't know her then. I met her in Rhode Island. Raina's back. Um, Lisa, Lisa, my friend from Massachusetts. And Claudia, hi, Claudia. That's my, my neighbor and landlord here in the DR. Lisa, I refer to it as my chi. My coworkers and others are always seeing how I am always happy and content, and I am, LOL. Just want to share that. Love seeing your pods. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Lisa. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're, when your energy is good, it, we, we don't realize we're doing it, but just walking around happy plants seeds for people because they, they're just, because they're used to what society does. Society meets at the water cooler and says, oh, my God, let's bond over whatever sucks at the moment. Because we can feel safe bonding with each other over what sucks. Because then we, there is no fear of you thinking that I think I'm better than you. If I, we think like if we talk about happy things, we're so scared that people are going to think that we think we're better than them which is ridiculous. There's a gigantic difference between an egoic, oh yeah, 
I'm awesome. And I'm really doing awesome. One is based in self-love and one is egoic. There's no confusing the two. You don't have to worry about it. But usually people bond over negativity because there's no threat to that. So we have to break out of those patterns. And just by being positive, it, it, people, after a while, they go, oh, wow, I didn't even know you could like act happy to other people. This is interesting. I see it all the time. Going to stores, people are like, how are you? I'm like, oh, phenomenal. And they stop and see if I'm kidding. And, they, and I just look at them like, no, I'm really phenomenal. They're like, wow, that's so refreshing. They, like it, they're just like, wow, I didn't even know it was socially acceptable to say things like that. So it's, it's really a big deal. Kelsey, there's my, there's my niece, one of my nieces. And um, she's doing, she's living her life. I'm so happy to see what you're doing in North Carolina, that she's out there just doing her thing. Nothing better than doing your thing, whatever that is, man. It's just, it's awesome. Uh, Janice, wow, I really needed to hear this. I've been stagnant in many ways. Sober eight years, congrats. Just did a fourth, but I sit on the fence too much. Fear controls me so much I get afraid to make changes, try new things. So this talk is an eye-opener. Absolutely. You know, like I said, I did. So for all those in recovery or thinking about recovery or with loved ones in recovery, I know that there's more ways than one to get sober, but I'm telling you, man, I've been, I've been <laughs> hopelessly addicted. I got out of it dramatically. I've had probably the, the, the largest turnaround that I've, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this uh, to, to brag. I'm saying this is, I don't know. I'm sure they're out there, but I haven't met somebody that opened up quite as much as I did in such a short period of time. And I told you why earlier is because I wanted to die. So I just did everything 110%. But the point that I want to make is the way I did it, I didn't just like know how to, how to, <laughs> how to awaken or how to surrender or anything. The 12 steps are there to induce a spiritual awakening. That's their job. That's, that's exactly their purpose, to induce spiritual awakenings. So, you know, hey, even if you're not into addiction, if you want to dive in and try to use those 12 steps as a way to induce spiritual awakenings, by all means, try it. But, you know, what I did in those three months, I did 12 steps in three months, 12. I didn't do two, three, four, eight, like like it's and I think that that is part of the reason that it was such a opening you know people take years and years to do the steps I, I I was involved in AA for seven or eight years very in-depthly and and when I look at you know they have like a I, I believe it was anywhere from a seven to twelve percent sobriety rate for people that come into the program which is horrible but if you look at, you know, of course, there's lots of external factors like court sending people there when they don't actually want to get sober and blah, blah, blah. But a lot of it is because they don't work the program the way it's laid out in the big book. Like nobody, when they wrote the big book, they based long-term sobriety on one year. That means everybody that, 
like they did the 12 steps in less than a year and they had their awakenings and their and an awakening is just a change of perception so it's not this lightning bolt up the ass it's it's much more uh accessible than what it sounds like a spiritual awakening it just changes of perceptions you see things differently um you understand things differently but we have to do all 12 steps like in a fairly short period there's an energy wave to that work and if we put if we rip through it and i'm not talking doing it half ass i i busted my ass with that like you know i did it really to the best of my ability with everything out there and i think that 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 is a big difference for because people it's hard i you know i'm telling you guys all what to do I don't mean to imply that it's easy. I get that it's not. You need to dig deep and push for that level of commitment, for that level of surrender that you need. It's not, you really have to do some soul searching. This is serious stuff. This is not for the lighthearted. This is not like, well, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure if I should go bowling or do some spiritual work. Like that, that's not it, man. <laughs> Like you need to dive in deep with everything you've got. And if you do, every more than you can possibly imagine is going to come out of it. And in addiction, I believe it looks like the 12 steps most times. Of course, there's other ways. But they're there, man. Do them all. Do if you've done and I've been through the steps like, I don't know, maybe like four or five times. I took people through the steps groups for years so i've kind of walked through them and i would do a self-check each time i walk people through and most of the time i didn't have to do them anymore or maybe i'd find one thing that i needed to do a little fourth step on and and then follow it up with a fifth and a six seventh eight nine ten you know kind of do do that on a specific topic i've done that a couple times on one specific topic that came up after i got sober years after sometimes so you can do stuff like that. But if you haven't done all the steps all the way in a, you know, I mean, when I took people through, my sponsor did in like three months. I took about six months because there's so much spiritual food in the big book. <laughs> I couldn't help myself teaching it. So I took longer. But yeah, I mean, I guess maybe a year maximum, but you got to go through all of them. You know, and I, you know, Janice, you very well may have gotten through all of them. I'm talking about the topic and the information that came through me. So I don't mean to imply that I know what you've done. I have no idea. You very well could have done all 12 of these. Um, so I just, it was jumping out at me like something to talk about. That's all. Nothing personal. So, um, and I think, I, I think I'm probably going to wrap up. Um, Sarah, following my heart against common sense was the best thing I've ever done. Yes, because a lot of our common sense was taught and it, it's conditioned sense. I'm going to coin a new term. It's conditioned sense that we use. It's not common sense. Common sense implies logic. And most things we do lack logic. And, and Janice, yeah. She said she has done all 12, which is great. Um, so yeah, most, most things we do lack 
common sense. This is, I say this often, it's one of my favorite things about spirituality. When I found out that the way society lives does, doesn't make any sense, and the spiritual way actually does make common sense, logical sense, once you look into it, I was like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> this is amazing. So that is going to do it for tonight. Um, no matter where you are means that there are options available for you to blossom into and, and design and live whatever life you want. And it can happen way faster than you think you've, and I'm going to kind of go off on Michael Bernard Beckwith and his movie, spiritual liberation. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. I love this guy. And he talks about it and he says, Oh, people think that they've walked in the dark too long. Oh, I've walked in the dark too long. I've made too many mistakes. I've made too many miss takes. It's too late for me now. I'll never get it right. I'll never get it right. And he's like, no, 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 that's not how it works. It's, it's just one time. If you flip the switch and those circuits are aligned, the light's going to go on for you, man. It doesn't matter how long you've been walking in the dark. You just got to get it right one time, align one time, commit to that alignment one time, surrender completely one time. That's it. And it's off to the races, man. You are going to live a life beyond your wildest dreams. So, and right now there is no better time to do this because we have so much energy behind us. The, I can feel it. When I, make when I made changes, you know, other than that first th three months, when I made changes before, it was a lot more drawn out and painful sometimes. Now it's like as soon as I lean into towards where I'm supposed to be leaning in, it's like I can feel the, I can feel being supported by the universe. I can feel a loving force just right there. And, and things play out way better. Before they used to play out better. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Now they play out 10 times better. So that's it. I'm going to wrap it up. And I have to say hello to Sue. Hi, Sue. One of my hardcores from Rhode Island when I first started. <laughs> and I got to give this dude is the shit. Thank you, Sarah. So are you. All right. Thanks, guys. I hit almost an hour. I'm going to try to keep these 45 and I'm and maybe even 30. But uh, thank you for listening. Work towards your alignment. Lean into it. Just experiment with it. Just do it for a while with a bunch of commitment and see what happens. And, and email me. And if you need any help, let me know. I'm here. All right. Thank you all. Looking for more? Check out over 200 episodes of Life Lessons and Laughter, or click the link in the description of this episode to connect with Glenn directly.